Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. So, uh, as I was mentioning a little earlier in the introduction to the readings, that today is the fourth Sunday um, of the Coptic month of Kiah. You know, the, the Coptic Church has its own calendar, which dates back to Pharaonic times that the church, when it came into Egypt, had adopted, baptized, and associated the, the life of Christ to that calendar so that we can celebrate the full life of Christ throughout the, uh, throughout the year. And so this month is called Kiah, and it's, it's the month that is timed to end right at um, right at the birth of Christ, well, actually, the 28th day of the Blessed Coptic month of Kiach is, um, is when we celebrate um, the birth of Christ. Um, and so um, most months have four Sundays, and so this is the fourth Sunday of that, um, of that Coptic month. And the readings for the fourth Sunday of that Coptic month, the readings for today, are about the birth of John the Baptist, which is right before the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And the church is trying to tell us, the church is trying to tell us that God, Almighty God, the Holy Trinity, the creator of heaven and earth, has deemed it like right, has deemed it correct, has deemed it fitting, that he should become a human. And you know, I have to tell you the truth, I actually am um, oftentimes really humbled when I have uh, this conversation with um, very well-meaning, uh, devout uh, Muslims, actually, who find it very, very difficult to, to fathom that Almighty God, the great God, the creator of the universe, the one in whom has power to do all things, would, would allow himself to become human. Right, and some some Christians who have difficulty um, coping with this with this with this re, this reality, this divine truth, this thing that God does, have have come up with a heresy. They said, "Well, well, when Jesus became human, he became human like Adam and Eve before they had disobeyed, before they ate from the tree. So he became human, but he wasn't human like you and me. He was human. He was perfect." He was human. He wasn't susceptible to sin or to temptation. That, that's a heresy, right? And St. Gregory tells us that what, that which is not assumed cannot be healed, right? So he's saying that the Lord Jesus Christ assumed the entirety of our humanity with all of its sinfulness and all of its brokenness and all of our susceptibility of, to, to sin. And Jesus was just as tempted as you and I, but as it says in the book of Hebrews, without sin, Right? And as the church is preparing us for this great, this, this great mystery, it's reminding us today that um, when, when you came to church today, you didn't have to buy an admission ticket that cost you, I don't know, 25 bucks or whatever. You go on and go see a, a Toronto Raptors game, you're going to have to buy a ticket. You're going to want to go see some show, you're going to have to buy, uh, you're going to have to buy a ticket. You want to take the 407 ETR because you don't want to fight traffic, you're going to have to pay a toll. There's no price to be paid to receive this gift. And in this gift, like inside this gift, you can find everything that you need for life. And the sad truth, which sometimes we don't really say because we like to just talk about the nice things, is that outside of this truth, there is, no, there, is, there is no life. There's nothing. 
all life, all goodness is found in this gift, which is in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And we, we read here that uh, Zacharias prays, and he says, he's, t- he's talking and he's prophesying about his newborn son, and he says that God will give him to prepare the way of the Lord. What is this way of the Lord? Jesus explains to us. He tells us, I am the way. Jesus himself is the way. The way of the Lord is not some set of instructions. You know, I used to live in Aurora, right? So, you know, I'd get down to Wellington and then I'd turn left on Wellington and then, you know, you take the 404 south and you just follow that. When it becomes the DVP, just keep going, right? And then you take the, you, this exit and instructions, directions, how to get from point A to point B, you could say that's a way. That, that's, that, that is a way that can be traveled, that can get you reliably from point A to point B. What's even easier is if you get on the train at this same train station, it's, it's necessarily going to take you to, to the other train station because the train tracks lead from point A to point B. There's nowhere else the train can go, right? But that's not the way. That's not, that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is not a set of instructions that you can do. And if you do them, then you will go, you will arrive from point A to point B. When in my past life as a scientist, in every, in every article, journal article that I'd read or that I'd write, I'd have to describe the methods. And you'd have to describe them, I mean you have a very short space to describe the methods, but you'd have to describe them with enough clarity that if someone wanted to do the experiment themselves to validate your results, they would be able to do it. So there are instructions given, and if you follow them, independent of the author, just on your own, you take the instructions and you follow them, you should be able to reproduce the results. I was completely off topic, but I was terrified. I was reading, just reading the, the news the other day, right? And the, there's this, a couple of scientists who have been auditing literature, scientific literature, and they started this, this, this they, they've been doing this for, for like 30 years, but I guess it's just getting, you know, very like public knowledge now. And they, 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 they find hundreds of articles that are completely fraudulent. <laughs> That don't make, as a previous science, I'm horrified, you know, because I know how much effort and time we go into trying to, to, to create good science, you know, or trying to discover good science, right? And um, so next time you hear that science knows something, you can ask yourself a question and you're hearing that from a previous, a previous scientist. Anyhow, the short of the long is all of the way that we're talking about, the recipe we're talking, it's not a recipe that is independent of the author. The recipe is the author. The book is the author. The directions are the driver. The Lord Jesus Christ is the way. When he's saying prepare the way of the Lord, he's telling John the Baptist, prepare people not to receive a set of do's and don'ts. You do this, you'll be righteous. You don't do this, you'll be, you won't be. Prepare them to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Last night we got into a conversation about uh, fasting prior to communion and how many hours and this and that. Is it midnight, nine hours, three hours, six hours? They do this in the Syriac church, they do this in the Catholic church, right? Okay, fine, whatever, right? Uh, The point is, you're going to receive the Lord Jesus Christ at the communion table today. Are you ready? 
Are you ready to receive him? Zacharias is, 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 is speaking to his newborn baby, who arguably couldn't understand anything he was saying at the time, saying to prepare the way of the Lord, prepare people to receive the way, the way with a capital W. He is the way. And in him is found joy and peace. And in him is, in him is found everything, right? St. Paul says in a moment of, 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 of exuberant praise, you know, he says, for, for from him and through him and for him are all things and to him be glory forever. Amen. And like we saw in the first reading in Romans 9, St. Paul is saying that there's nothing that you can do you, there's nothing that you can do to be worthy to receive Him. But it's just by God's choosing. It's just, it's just by God's design. You know, in, in, in theology we call this God's economy. You know, that God found th that the most sensible thing according to God's senses was for Him, to, Him the creator of, of heaven and earth, the Almighty, to become human just like you and me. Next time I'm beating myself up for eating more seconds than I should or staying up later than I should or not waking up on time or this or that and I, and I fall in temptation, I should remind myself that, that you see how susceptible I am to temptation? You see how easily I fall in temptation? Jesus made himself like that. He wasn't like, he wasn't like Superman in the Olympics, you know, with like superpowers, you know, and he's running the 100 meter dash, the 100 meter sprint against the other runners from all the other countries, and he has superpowers, and he just flies from the start line to the end. Is that, is that fair? That's not fair. He was human, just like you and me. And then we can glory in our temptation. I can see how easily I fall and I can take that moment as a moment of praise and say, glorious are you, O God. No one has, I have never fathomed anyone as humble as you. And even my temptation, even my sin can be a source of praise to praise God. I'm not saying we should sin more to praise God more, but I'm sure, you, I'm, sure you didn't, I'm sure your mind didn't go there, but just in case, right? He is the way. And in, in the first reading, in Romans 9, Romans 9 is a really tough, it's a really tough reading. Because in Romans 9, he says, God chooses what he chooses, right? And he chooses because he chooses, and the thing that he chooses is chosen, and what he doesn't choose is not chosen. I know what I'm saying sounds obvious, because I use the same word over and over again on purpose, to, to tell you that this is an obvious concept. Look, Christianity is really simple. It actually makes perfect sense. If we, if, we wouldn't, if we wouldn't get so confused by the other stuff around it, right? And he gives the example of Jacob and Esau, and he gives the example of Moses and Pharaoh, right? And he says, God chose Pharaoh to be glorified over him. Like, God raised up Pharaoh as the superpower of the world so that God could prove that God is bigger than Pharaoh. We're, we're very simple-minded as, as human beings, most things are easiest for us to understand by dualism. Dualism is that something is what it is not. White is white because it's not black. I didn't actually tell you what white is, I just told you what it's not, right? So for us people to understand how big God is, God made Pharaoh 
so big that Pharaoh, the, the, the teaching of Pharaonic culture and religion at the time was that Pharaoh is an incarnate God. That's why, that's why Christianity went rampant in Egypt because they had a concept of Trinity, they had a concept of, of incarnation, they had all these concepts. But Pharaoh to them was, was untouchable. Like Pharaoh to them, Pharaoh to them was God. And this was the whole world, the whole world wouldn't come near Pharaoh and God overcame him. So God says, I raised up Pharaoh that I may be glorified over him. It's be like, oh gee, that sounds like, that makes God sound like a bully, right? Like he just raised up Pharaoh so that he could, but you see, it's not like that. See, Pharaoh had two options when Moses came to him. He had one option, which is the one he chose, to tell Moses to take a hike and his God to take a hike, right? And his other option was to worship God as the true God and say, I am not God. He is God. Pharaoh had an option to point the whole world who was looking to him as a superpower to God, but he didn't. Just like you and me, we have two options, to be in the way or not to be in the way. In the way is found life. In the way is found freedom. In the way is found deliverance. In the way is found sustenance and providence. All these things that the people of Israel who escaped Egypt got, out of the way is found drowning in the Red Sea. Even if you're Pharaoh. In the book of Proverbs it says, let him who says he is strong watch out lest he fall. The common vernacular of that, the, the colloquialism is the higher you raise yourself up, the further you fall, right? doesn't say that exactly like that in the Bible, but not those, exactly those words, but exactly that meaning, right? If I think I'm all high and tough, like Pharaoh in this example, watch out. God has chosen a way, a way, and he's made it very clear, okay? He's made it very clear. And that way is called the Lord Jesus Christ. In Him is found life. And you don't got to do anything to be in the way. You don't have to be tall or short or rich or poor or gay or straight. You don't have to do anything to, do, to be in the way. All you need to do is choose to be there. All, all I need to do, and choosing to be there, of course, comes, with, comes <clears throat> with other things just like anything else, right? But it all begins with that. It all begins, it all begins with that. What is necessary is for me to be, choose to be in the way. This way, in it is found all these things. In it is found what we heard in the Catholic epistle. To you has been given an anointing which teaches you all things. In it is found what was in the Catholic readings a couple of weeks ago. St. Peter telling us, for he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What St. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, he has blessed us with every blessing in the spiritual places. I oftentimes pray for one blessing. St. Paul is telling me, God has given you in the Holy Spirit, in giving you the Holy Spirit, has given you every blessing. How do we, how, though, as in choosing to be in the way, how do I, how do I cash in on these gifts, Father John? How do I get, how do I, how do, how do I get all of this stuff you're talking about? Jesus is very, very, very clear, and in the, in the, in the, in the, 
second reading we had today, the Catholic epistle, it is also very clear. It starts with a sentence that says, Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. Let that anointing that you have abide in you. Let one of us pray during the liturgy today, Lord, Holy Spirit, come. You know, this is the first transcribed prayer of the, of the church from the first century. Three words, come, Holy Spirit. Let each one of us pray repeatedly through the liturgy today. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus describes the Holy Spirit to Nicodemus like, like a wind. He says, you don't know where it comes from and you don't know where it goes and you can't grasp it, but you certainly feel its power. If the Holy Spirit is like wind, Lord, let your wind, let the wind of your Spirit blow through the entirety of my house. Lord, let there not be a door closed in my house, but let your wind, your fresh spring breeze blow in and blow the, the dust and the dirt and the crud and the clutter and just blow it out the windows, Lord. Let your wind, let your wind, Lord, be a, be a, like a tornado, Lord, that just blows all the nonsense out, out of my life. All of the clutter and all of the stuff that I don't need. Lord, come with your Holy Spirit. Renew your Holy Spirit's indwelling in me. Let that be our prayer during the, the remainder of this divine liturgy. And he says something. He says that if, if his Spirit abides in us, we will abide in the Father and in the Son. What is he talking about? Jesus in John 15, and this is what I'm going to finish with, Jesus in John 15 says, if my words, if, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you want of the Father and he will do it for you. Again, later he says, if my words abide in you, keep my commandments. So this is the way it works. You don't need anything. You don't need to be a good person. You don't need to be righteous. You don't need to have confessed last night. You don't need, you don't need, you don't need anything. Just be you. Okay, don't try to be the person next to you or the person in front of you, the person behind you or one of the people portrayed in the icons or, you know, Pope Carlos or this person. Just be you and abide in his spirit, which means be asking constantly for the indwelling of His Spirit and sensitive to the movement of His Spirit in your life. What is God's Spirit going to do? I'm going to come say something and say, mm, maybe you shouldn't say that. Or in another circumstance, I'm going to come to, I'm going to be standing there quietly and somebody, and the Holy Spirit is saying, maybe you should stand up for that guy. Maybe people are being mean to that person. Maybe you should stand up for him. Maybe you should do this. Uh, maybe, how about that? And God's Spirit is so gentle, genting, gentle. And if I'm made, if I have, if I have, I'm asking and I'm, I'm de developing a sensitivity to His Spirit, I'll hear Him talking to me. I will obey Him. That's what abiding in the Son is. That's what abiding in it. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Let my words abide in you, right? My words abide in Him by doing His commandments. And then the final step of that is abiding in the Father. What's that? Jesus says that, that the Father and the Son will come and make a home in us if we keep His commandments. It's so simple. It's so simple. Jesus is the way. The way is full of His life, which is His Spirit. 
If you and I pray and ask God, please, Lord, with your spirit, come, I surrender the whole of my life, the entirety of it. I don't want to hold anything back. I don't want to hold back anywhere. I want to surrender my whole life to you. Open my life up, Lord. Fill it with the life of your spirit, Lord. He will come and he will fill it. And he will guide you with his commandments. Not just the commandments written in the Bible. Those are really important, yes. But his his personalized commandments for you in your day-to-day. -day. Do this, don't do that. Say this, don't say that. Dispositions of your heart. Be, be, be merciful to this person who works for you. Yeah, I know we screwed up, but hey, we all screw up, you know? Cut him, cut him some slack. And so on. And in so doing, you will find yourself living the life of Jesus. Because His Spirit is telling you what to do and you're doing it. You're living His life. You're walking the way. You are living a life of communion. Not an act of communion, but a life of communion in Him. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.